welcome to the Sports Pro Podcast, getting inside the sports industry and recording it on audio. Hi everyone and welcome once again to the Sports Pro Podcast. My name is Owen Connolly. I'm the editor at large at Sports Pro. Very happy to be back for what's going to be a bit of a brisk affair this time round. Um, we have just had a national holiday here in the UK and we also have the Black Book Motorsport Forum to attend to this week. Uh, so time pretty tight for the Sports Pro team. Um, but what we are going to do is we're going to hear something about eSports sponsorship, hopefully learn a little bit about what works in that particular medium, looking specifically at the recently announced partnership between Pringles and Riot Games for the League of Legends European Championship. We're going to be hearing from Dominic Schaffhaupt um, at the Kellogg's Company, owner of Pringles, and from Alvin Deschelot at Riot Games. So that's coming up. Plenty to keep you occupied across sportspromedia.com. Meanwhile, this week, uh, lots of interesting stories to follow. Uh, Over in the States, Sinclair getting Department of Justice approval for its $10.6 billion acquisition of Fox's regional sports networks. Um, Could be a very significant story there. Uh, The International Swimming League, much talked about new franchise competition, doing a two-year deal with Eurosport. Reports of a potential launch of an international Bundesliga OTT service from next year. Those have been swimming around. Could be more to follow there as well. Sadder news emerging here in the UK about the future of two of our football league clubs. Uh, Barry FC, uh, very much on the brink of dropping out of the professional system. Um, And Bolton Wanderers, also under extreme pressure. Uh, That's going to raise some questions about ownership, about the roles of clubs and communities and the roles of regulators uh, and governing bodies and leagues and so on in in preserving and protecting some of these teams. Lots of urgent questions to address there, I'm sure, in the days ahead when we learn a bit more about those two situations and how they are going to be resolved. Um, Elsewhere, we've got a few features to look out for this week. Our friend Jeff Nathanson from Whistle Sports. Um, He has presented some of the do's and don'ts of breaching the content generation gap in sport, Um, talking about different philosophies, best practice in terms of how to reach younger audiences on social and digital platforms. We're also coming up, of course, to the biggest ever edition of the FIBA Basketball World Cup. That's going to be starting in China in the next few days or so. Um, the Secretary General of FIBA, the global governing body, uh, Andreas Zaglis, he shared some of his thoughts on the tournament with us a few weeks ago, and you'll be able uh, and you'll be able to read about those this week on SportsProMedia.com. But the big events keep on coming in this sporting year. SportsPro's own events keep coming as well. See what I did there? Uh, reminder of what we've got ahead. Time is running out to join us and the likes of Wimbledon, Budweiser, the FA, Visa, FIFA, Copper 90, uh, Cricket World Cup 2019 and plenty more at the Sports Pro Fan Conference. That is going to be taking place at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on the 10th of September. Not long now, 
to get a pass. So do head over to sportsprofan.com to find out how you can be there. Uh, the third edition of the Sports Pro OTT Summit, of course, is going to follow in Madrid from the 19th to the 21st of November. Some big names already confirmed for that, from Sky Sports' Barney Francis to the WTA's Mickey Lawler. Uh, you can now check out a preview agenda at sportspro-ott.com. And a reminder that we have eight categories open for the inaugural Sports Pro OTT Awards. Those will also be in Madrid on the 21st of November. Uh, to find out more, head to sportspro-ottawards.com. I can tell you that the deadline for submissions is the 18th of September, if you want to get an entry in for those. Should be great. Um, okay, we're going to take a quick breather now, uh, and we'll be back to talk esports sponsorship just after this. Enjoying this Sports Pro podcast? Well, we're also the sports industry leader in print, digital, and events. Head to sportspromedia.com for the latest features, news, and interviews from the business of sport. Help yourself to a subscription to our acclaimed magazine and find out about our unmissable conferences before anyone else. Get inside the industry with Sports Pro. Welcome back, everyone. A uh, quick reminder if you are enjoying the Sports Pro podcast and want to spread the word, please do feel free to like and share our content across our social channels and to leave a positive review on iTunes or your preferred podcast outlet. Right, something I learned this week from Newzoo's Global Esports Market Report is that 71% of esports fans have one title that they prefer to follow. They will tend to seek out and watch that to the exclusion of anything else. And 23% of people who watch esports online prefer Riot Games League of Legends. Now, regular podcast listeners and regular readers of Sports Pro might remember that earlier this year I made the trip to Berlin for the relaunched uh, League of Legends European Championship, um, where I met a few people involved with the competition uh, and learned a little bit about it and their reasons for relaunching, rebranding, repositioning the competition in this part of the world. They are entering now the closing stages of the inaugural season of that regional competition. Uh, And going into those playoffs, they announced a partnership with Pringles, who you will know as one of the world's preferred purveyors of tube-based crisp snacks. Few elements to that partnership. Branding, obviously, uh, at events and on broadcasts and intriguingly as well the opportunity for fans to buy a can of Pringles uh, and get access to a legacy skin so basically something they can dress up their in-game avatar with so it's a partnership that's trying to hit players trying to hit viewers trying to hit spectators at League of Legends European Championship events I spoke very recently to Alban Deschelot who is the head of business development and sponsorships for the League of Legends European Championship, and to Dominic Schaffhaupt, who is the Kellogg Company's marketing manager for snacks in Northern Europe, to find out a bit more about this partnership specifically, uh, about how esports sponsorships differ from those in traditional sport uh, and differ from other media activities, find out some of the things that brands are trying to do in that particular space, um, some of the advantages they're trying to leverage, some of the challenges they're going to face, 
all of that type of stuff. Uh, Dominic, as it turns out, will also be joining us at the Sports Pro Fan Conference on the 10th of September at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But for now, let's hear from Dominic and from Alvin about the partnership. Um, I'll leave you with that for this week and speak to you again very shortly. Dominic and Alvin, thanks very much for your time. Thanks to you. You're very welcome. What can you tell us about this partnership then between Pringles and um, uh, League of Legends European Championship? Dominic, do you want to start? Uh, yeah. So from my point of view, it's um, this is a unique one. Uh, I mean, you see in the last couple of years a lot of non-endemic brands going into esports, and I think what uh, what we did here was. Another step, right? We're not just, you know, sponsoring, having some some brand presence for Pringles within one of the greatest forums in in Europe uh, regarding to esports. We are going further here and uh, implementing this promotion, um, delivering, as we in Pringles would say, unexpected fun by, you know, uh, having a raffle of skins to the community. And I think this is what makes it for me very unique. Yeah, I mean, just to build on that, so uh, Salvan from Riot Games. Uh, we have we have many many brands that have done uh, partnership with gaming, uh, activating in retail some some digital content. Uh, we see a growing numbers of brands that are doing some esports activation, being part of a broadcast. This is one of the first really massive activation where we do both. So bridging the gap between esports and gaming, the fan and the player, uh, it's something that is very exciting for us as a publisher that can do both. And when you um, when when the regional championships for for League of Legends were, were relaunched by Riot, was this the kind of partnership that you'd had in mind? Was the, is this a result of having uh, having rethought those those regional properties? Um, I, I think it's a it's a broader evolution for Riot. Uh, the LEC in Europe is entering a new era for esports in Europe. At the same time, globally, we have 13 continental league, and we have three global events, and we see similar evolution in terms of relationship between esports and brands within the right ecosystem. So, I would say, of course, uh, the, the the new uh, LEC is a way for us to accelerate and create a momentum for brands to join uh, the adventure with us. But it's something we do globally, uh, when we are seeing more and more uh, brands joining us, not only in Europe. And Dominic, from from your point of view, what um, what's attractive to Pringles generally about the esports space? Well, in, in the end, if you ask me, um, this whole topic esports um, is in is a stunning trend at the moment, and uh, I strongly believe it's going to be one of the mega trends of, of our century. And um, we are a snacking brand which want to be young, young at heart, want to want to meet the uh, target groups, our consumers, where they are. And um, from my point of view, uh, esports is it, um, and that was the reason why why we reached uh, or why we are trying to reach out in these communities because this is where snacking will happen in the in the future more and more. Mm. And, and from your perspective, does this compare to some of the other sponsorship activities you do around sport, where it might be around you know gathering people together to to watch sport or, or whatever your promotional activations might be in that space, or is it more? akin to your above the line stuff is it more 
more like kind of a broader entertainment play. Where would you pitch this from from a, a Kellogg's perspective? Um, that's a very good question. So, from my perspective, I picture it uh, as a um, as a part of our uh, overall communication plan. Like we wanna we wanna reach out to our consumers where they are in their daily life. Um, for sure, every second year, something like football also plays a big part because our consumers in Europe are consuming it but if you look at the life cycle of sports and you compare football to esports it's just in a different life cycle so i think if you really want to want to reach all of your consumers you you need to tap into different areas and esports is in a much earlier life cycle than other sponsorships we see and maybe also than other media formats we see but it is an absolute fast growing fascinating uh, area uh, it's it's unbelievable if you're in these on the ground events what kind of emotion are there. And this is where we want to be as a brand, where where people are entertained, where they want to snack, um, where they want to snack to their entertainment, and where their emotions are. And this is where our brand fits in. Mm. And, and looking more specifically, what was it about um, League of Legends and about the European Championship that was appealing to you? What what helped you to make this fit? Well, I mean, there are various reasons. I think the the main reasons is League of Legends is one of the, or if not the, um, top tier in in esports. Um, it, it's phenomenal if you see the atmosphere, if you see also the level of engagement of the community, um, not just you know in esports, also in gaming. So I think from from all these engagement levels and community, it's it's an absolute attractive uh, uh, partner for a brand such as Pringles. Um, and on top of that, I think. Right, is in the unique uh, position to um, to have built this whole infrastructure, this whole uh, environment, uh, which helps us. And th- we saw this uh, in the last months where we designed this cooperation a lot that um, thanks to to this environment Riot built, uh, we were much more agile to to find different ways and to find the right approach for us in this partnership. What, um, what are we going to see first up? What, what's what are your activities going to be between the two of you at, at, um, uh, at the finals this week? So, um, so, so first of all, uh, the announcement would be shared uh, uh, in the client directly. So the players will be able to discover uh, the collaboration and the opportunity to win this legacy skin. So these skins are not available for sale. There have been historical skins that are not anymore accessible for players. So it's a, it's a kind of a one once chance to to, to grab them uh, close to their house, and and they will discover this directly into the game. Uh, so when they connect to League of Legends, they go into the clients. We have some articles there to give you some news, and that will be there. Then the second step will be definitely when they watch the broadcast this weekend. So this weekend we we enter into uh, the the last weekend uh, before the playoffs. Then we'll have playoffs and then the finals. So in three weeks. So it's really, uh, really like a, a step into the, the pinnacle, which is happening in Athens. And then on site, we'll have some special activities. So it's basically uh, uh, really like a, a 360 activation, which starts with like where the people most gathered, which is the game itself, and then uh, explode at, uh, at a physical experience at the event. And what, um, you know, what, what, what work goes into between you and the client or, or Dominic from... Um, what work have you guys put into understanding which of those touch points is going to be most valuable to you with with this audience? You know, when where it is that you want to reach the gamer and and people who are actually playing 
um, League of Legends and where it is that you want to reach the viewer and, and what it is that you need to do uh, to achieve both of those things. I think this was a discussion we had, uh, Aban and I, for, for the last couple of months. And uh, this comes back to the point I earlier said. Uh, I think Riot is an, is an awesome partner, understanding their game, their community, their channels, and also how to make it relevant for the community, right? We discussed a lot of scenarios. How can we structure that promotion? And uh, this is why we came up saying really attractive is getting something money can't buy anymore. So we, we went for the um, for these skins, uh, which you can't buy anymore. It's it's just this promotion which makes it available. And I think Riot is a is a great player um, knowing all the environment and and make it really relevant for, for the community. So uh, I think this was actually the point where we as a brand came in and saying, hey, this is our brand. This is what we can. Uh, how can we reach um, or how can we add value to your players and our consumers in this corporation? And uh, yeah. And what kind of work did you do before entering into this partnership to understand, you know, how new partners, incoming uh, non-endemic brands are received in, in the esports space or in parts of the esports space, you know, in the League of Legends community in this case, um, and what you would need to do in order to gain traction with, with that fan base and in order to be received, you know, more favorably? So basically what, what we did, we decided in 2017 to, to focus on esports and, and gather our learnings, right? So um, we started with the ESL um, uh, cooperation, which we still have and which we will also prolong. It's, it's a different, um, let's say, focus in our esports um, journey. But that gave us the opportunity back in time to just go in, learn, try, learn, and over these two years, we said we need to do the next step. We want to get even closer into uh, to the game, uh, even closer to the publisher, um, because that gives us, uh, e.g. versus promotion, the possibility to be even more relevant. When we learned one about the esports community, it is esports is like it's a super big topic, and to be relevant, you need to. To, you need to focus on, on one community and then find the language to talk to that community and find also the assets relevant to that community. Mm. And uh, I think, as I said, in the first two years, we, we gained some learnings. I think we really, we really know how to play it on the ground at the event. Um, and we had our first experience going into the digital channels uh, around esports and these events. And then we said, we want to test the next level and therefore we need a different partner. And uh, I think we found one and uh, we came up with a super relevant promotion and, and what's the process from here how do you um how do you assess which parts of that sponsorship are working and how do the processes you have in place for measurement differ between what you're doing in the in the playing space what you're doing in the broadcast space and what you might be doing on site or in other kind of you know uh, other kind of activities where you're placing your brand alongside that right yeah from our point of view i mean um a lot of these elements is about brand awareness, about reaching the community. So this is, you could say, this is a media perspective we are, we are taking here. We had a discussion on what we would expect, what engagement we expect. And um, actually, Riot has a, has a lot of data points, um, which we will just benchmark with our expectations. I'm very confident we are we will score um, the way we, we plan to. Um, on top of that, we have that promotion, which which from our point of view is intended to be more sales driving. Um, and our industry is struggling here with the fact that there's no clear KPI we can use. You know, we have these uh, two tier model like our 
<clears throat> our uh, our customer is is a retail, so we we have a limited possibility to really triangulate our promotion to the sales. Mm. But in that case, we will go in, we will look at the redemption rates, um, we will see how the community interacts on this, um, and then try to to get our learnings in how much that was helping us to to promote the brand. And Alban, from from what you've learned so far, what are some of the things that non-endemic brands need to understand about how to um, how to become relevant to to the community that, that you're working with, and is it something that's open to any brand? Does there have to be? Does that relevance have to exist kind of naturally in the first place? As, as you know, Dominic is suggesting it, it does through the kind of snacking thing, and and or is there a story that you can tell? You can find a route in for a brand in, in either way. I, th- I think, you know, if, I mean, I, I've been working in sports marketing for 15 years before I joined Riot. And uh, if you work in an environment like, let's say, football, where you got like 100 of brands per day associated to the same passion points, uh, the, the one key thing you look for is breakthrough. You need to make sure that your brand exists uh, amongst all the, all the clutter, you know. Um, in esports, we don't have that problem. Uh, there's much, much less brands, and I don't think we'll go far beyond like 10 or 15 brands. Uh, but, so the, the most important thing is like how to make sure that the brand is relevant and, and meaningful in the way it is going to be connecting to the fans. Because automatically you're going to break through. You're going to be the one brand of your category. You're going to be like probably like very visible compared to anything else you could access in football. But the challenge is like, the fans are also much more marketing savvy. You know, they have yeah. like an ad blocker. They have been taught, taught how the marketing works, so they are very reluctant. So you need to find a way that your presence is not perceived as an interruption, but as an added value. So we are very focused on like capturing moments where the brand is accepted or meaningful and, and amplify this moment instead of like trying to create moments to break through or interrupt the existing show. Mm-hmm. And finally, what's the potential for this partnership? How did the two of you see it developing uh, over its lifespan? The players will decide, <laughs> first of all. Um, so we, we, we're going to offer them this, this opportunity. We're going to share, share with them this, this, this collaboration. And they, they're going to tell us. We're going to analyze you know, not only the, the impact, but also the outcome in terms of like sentiment and, and participation, as, as we said, with like, those people that will actually try to, to get the skin. And that will tell us if, if it's a collaboration that has been set up in the right way. Um, I, I guess for us, we, we see ourselves as right games, as brand guardian of the community, and we need to make sure that anything we present to them is, is really accepted and loved by the players. So that's what we're going to track mostly on our side is the feedback from the players. And for you, Dominic? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is... This is actually the beauty on on esports, which we learned so far. Um, there is a very great feedback culture. People would tell you straight away if they like it or not. Um, they did it in the past, which gave us the opportunity to learn to adjust, and I think uh, doing better every time we tried. And um, we we gathered all these learnings, we put it into this. So I think we we our, I'm I'm confident this will be loved by by the community. Um, but I'm also very very clear that we will learn even even more and um, then we can talk about 2020 and beyond and uh, how to improve and add even more value to the community okay thanks very much guys welcome thanks a lot